welcome everybody. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for FFB's My Story in 30. Tonight we have a very special guest uh, that I'm very excited about, uh, Hadir Abdelhamid, who is a fourth year entrepreneurship co-op student uh, who's a very special story. So Hadir, I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Thank you, Shabnam, for introducing me and for having me. So as Shab mentioned, I am Hadir and I'm a fourth year entrepreneurship co-op student. I'm also minoring in global management. Um, a little bit about me, and that's kind of like my whole story, is that I was born in Egypt to two Egyptian parents, and I grew up in Saudi Arabia for pretty much all of my life until I was 18, graduated from high school there. And then I moved to Canada in 2015 um, to start my university journey, which is a little interesting. Uh, Hadir, so talk to us about that because you are not a typical first year TRSM student. Your first year began somewhere else. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So my first year was at U of T. Um, I went to U of T for computer science, actually, and that was not the right decision for me. I think it was a lot of influence in my life. Um, I don't know if this is true for all cultures, but in Arab culture, when you're a huge nerd like myself and your grades are really good in high school, they tell you to go into sciences. You either become a doctor, a dentist, pharmacist, worst case. But business, you know, that's for people who are failing school. And so I knew I did not want to go into sciences at all. It was not for me. I wasn't interested in it. So a lot of people started saying, okay, go into computer science. You know, at least we have the science in there. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm really interested in tech, um, but maybe not so much like the back end stuff. But as I did more research, I was like, okay, there's a lot of cool stuff that I could do. So I applied to computer science and then I almost failed high school math and I did not see myself being in computer science from like day zero, not even day one, before classes had even begun, I was calling everyone at U of T. Oh, and just for the record, I applied to 11 universities in Canada. I got entrance scholarships to 10 out of the 11. The one that didn't give me one was U of T. And I was like, I'm going there. That's exactly where I wanna be. Um, and I think it was just that name, you know, especially coming from abroad, you wanna go to U of T, that's the name. Um, and so I went there. And from day one, I was calling everyone, hi, can I please transfer into Rotman? I know I have the grades from high school. Like I'm way above the qualifications for Rotman. Like, please let me in. Nope. And I was like, okay, how do I get in? And they were like, you have to take all of the required Rotman courses for first year. And then if your grades are like really, really good, you're one out of like maybe 10 students who are allowed to transfer in at the end of first year. And as is the case with a lot of first year students, especially a new immigrant to the country, I didn't do so well in my first year courses. I didn't fail, but I didn't do great either. And so I wasn't accepted to transfer in. So I retook all those courses for another year. Funny enough, I found out that all the professors, they tell the exact same jokes in every single lecture, every single year. Um, it was just like watching it all over again and I had to retake them. I did much better in my second year. Um, and so when I applied to transfer to Rotman, I had also applied to transfer to York and to Ryerson. And Ryerson, they embraced me with open arms. They were like, yes, you are more than welcome to come here. 
they even had all like my high school stuff from when I had applied two years earlier. I just had to give them the um, like my updated transcripts from U of T and they gave me all the transfer credits and I transferred to Ryerson and I wasn't really happy about it. Like I was in a really bad mental state. I was like, oh man, like I just wasted two years of my life. Um, I'm not where I'm meant to be. I feel like I'm disappointing people. I'm disappointing my parents. I'm disappointing myself. But my parents were really, really supportive as they always have been. I'm really grateful for that. And in terms of like how I came into Ryerson, it was like, I'm going to focus on my grades and that is it. I don't want to make friends. I don't want to get involved. I don't want anything to do with anyone. I just want to focus on my grades and that's it and get really good grades so that I still plan on doing like um, postgraduate studies so that when I do that, I'll be qualified and I'll get into a good school. Um, and yeah, that that is my story. <laughs> But that obviously changed. That obviously yeah. changed a lot. <laughs> so Hadir, let's, I want to pause on some of the things you mentioned. Uh, you talk about influencers in your life. Uh, and oftentimes a lot of us have influencers in our lives, whether it's our parents, our friends, teachers, guidance counselors, who've told us to take a certain path. Um, what kind of advice would you give to a student who is dealing with some of those influencers? Um, what kind of advice would you give them to manage that? If it's someone that you trust, definitely take their advice. Um, I never say no to free advice, especially if it's from someone who I see is successful. But listen to yourself first and foremost. You know what's best for you. You know what you like and what you don't like. And don't worry about, you know, trying to make certain milestones at a certain time. Like there is no right timeline for anyone. You're exactly where you need to be and you're going to end up where you need to be anyway. So just trust the process and trust yourself first and foremost. Okay. Uh, so talk to us about that first year because you said you came into your first year thinking, I'm just going to focus on academics. Don't want to make any friends. Uh, what did that look like for you? Um, it was very different. So coming from U of T and coming to Ryerson was like night and day. First of all, the campus is in the heart of the city. So there's always like, like just being downtown, there's always something going on outside of Ryerson. But even when you're on campus, there's always a student group event, you know, some competition, a contest, free food, something <laughs> is going on. And I think, you know, honestly, so grateful for Fit for Business for carrying that sense of community forward, even though everything is virtual, I still feel like, that sense of community is very well fostered within first year students. And I think the TED Talks have been like a huge success from what I'm seeing and hearing. Um, and yeah, I got involved right away, <laughs> believe it or not. I made a ton of friends in my first year and I joined Enactus Ryerson and I was part of a project there and it was super fun. And I really came out of this this bad mental state because of the people that were on campus. Everybody, everywhere I went, someone would strike a conversation with me, whether it was a professor or like a faculty member or even students. It was a very different vibe. You know, at, at U of T, it's like you, your laptop, your notes, and that's it. Whereas at Ryerson, it's always like, how many student clubs are you part of? You know, mm -hmm. what co-op term are you going into? 
what are you doing outside of school? Where are you volunteering? There's always something going on and people actually do a lot more at Ryerson, I believe, than U of T. Yeah, I think that really boils down to people just care, right? Students care about each other. The staff care about really the student experience. Um, what kind of advice would you give students who are struggling right now because it's, it's online um, to make those friends and to experience uh, what you experience on campus, but in a virtual or online environment? I would say the opportunities are there. I think like they're obviously being advertised everywhere. Like if you're on Instagram, if you're following TRSS Society, um, it's always there, but you also have to put in the effort. Like things are not gonna come out and just be handed to you. You have to work hard and get the things that you know you deserve and you're more than capable. I think um, being in first year doesn't mean that you're not good enough, that you shouldn't apply to student group positions, that you shouldn't apply to like part-time jobs or even full-time jobs when you get into co-op, if you get into co-op, um, if that's something you're interested in. Being in first year shouldn't stop you or make you believe that you're not good enough. So I know that you already knew coming into Ryerson what you wanted to go into. Um, can you talk to us more about that and, and what kind of advice would you give to students who don't know what they want to go into, uh, don't know what kind of careers are out there, don't really know what kind of path they want to go down yet? Yeah, absolutely. I knew from day one that I wanted to go into entrepreneurship. Um, and I think that's because my day one was two years later than everyone else. Um, so I knew very well what I wanted. I had more time to think about what I wanted. And that was to major in entrepreneurship and minor in global management. I think that it's totally fine if you don't know what you want to do. My only advice would be like, keep your options as open as possible, but also there are resources out there to help you, whether it's that career consultants at the BCH or faculty advisors. If there's a class that you're taking that you really like, talk to the professors in that class or talk to like the faculty members of that program and maybe talk to like, upper year students or even alumni and figure out like what they're doing and how they got there. Um, but if not, it's totally fine. Also, what you're majoring in is not the end of the world. It's not the defining factor of what you're going to do for the rest of your life. You know, we've heard of so many chefs who studied engineering or finance people who are in the arts, you know, it doesn't have to be a defining factor of what you do for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You're your major, your program never defines what kind of path or career you go into. Um, and just wanted to emphasize, you, you, you talked about the BCH and that's Business Career Hub. For those of you who don't know, uh, if you Google Business Career Hub, that is uh, your service for TRSM students. Anything around careers, anything around co-op, even if it's just a chat with somebody, I don't know what I want to go into, what is out there, if they can have those uh, conversations with you. Kadira, talk to me a little bit more about how getting involved in student groups help you uh, in your journey as a transfer student? Absolutely. Um, I think just creating friendships that I know are going to last well beyond my time at Ryerson and not just friendships, but connections and network connections. I've met so many amazing people, whether they were like speakers at events that I was at or professors who are like doing stuff that I'm really interested in, that I want to be involved in, things like that, that I wouldn't have otherwise known if it weren't for the student group events that I was a part of. 
and hosting and being part of events is very different than attending because you see a lot of the back end stuff. Um, I actually have an event at seven uh, with the Ryerson Entrepreneurship Association, which I'm president of. Uh, shameless plug if anybody <laughs> wants to attend. <laughs> I will drop the um, link in the chat. Thank you. So yeah, it's it, it's really exciting because not only do you learn a lot from the events, like this event coming up is on financial literacy. Like I'm the worst person to budget. I don't know anything. I like my spending habits are horrible. So I learn a lot, but I also get to meet really cool people that you network with. And I've actually had two people attend our events who have gotten jobs out of our events. So our last event that we hosted was with a startup called Riff and they're like a startup that helps music artists um, take more control over their money because a lot of their money ends up going to like streaming platforms or agents and they actually help them gain more control of their money. And one of our attendants, it was um, a case competition and the person who won actually works there now. So it's, you know, people say that, you know, you're going to get jobs via student groups. It's not a joke. Like you actually will, you will get a job based on your network. And if you don't work hard, networking is not easy, but if, if you do it right and you, if you do it effectively, it can really change your life. Mm -hmm. And, and so much of that is so much more accessible now with everything being, being online. Um, I'm just going to ask you some of the questions that are coming through in the chat, if that's okay. Uh, somebody says, what were some of the struggles you went through as a transfer student? Um, I think mentally, it was like mentally and emotionally, that was the biggest struggle for me. It wasn't anything academic. I think I was actually, I had a little bit of an advantage that I knew what worked for me in terms of like how to study, um, how to be more responsible when it comes to my studying. Like I knew it's very different than high school. No one's going to chase you. You have to be very responsible and independent with your study. But mentally and emotionally, I was just feeling very behind and not knowing like, is like, did I make the right decision? Should I have just stayed in computer science? Should I have just continued at U of T? Um, but that changed really quickly. Once I started seeing the success that I was having at Ryerson, my academics were so much better. I was involved in student groups. I even applied to co-op, which meant that I was adding another year. And I was like, no problem, because you know what? At the age of 26, either way, I'm gonna be graduated with a year of experience. Should I do it while I'm in school or after I graduate? And I was so happy that I chose to do it while I'm in school because look at the economy now and like with COVID and stuff, if I had graduated, it would have probably been harder for me to find a job without the experiences that I have right now because of co-op. So it's honestly just this sense of community that at Ryerson and that TRSM especially like fosters so well that really helped me get out of that. Um, Hajira, somebody says, I'm having some issues at home. I have parents who only want me to finish my academics, but I want to finish co-op, which I know is extends my education by a year. What kind of advice can you give me? I had that conversation with my mom and she was like, you know, trying to get like, she's so happy for me now and she totally gets it but it was a conversation and it was a one-time conversation where she just expressed the concern of like you're adding another year 
And I was like, yes. But I explained to her that, like I just said, you know, at the same age of like 26, I'll still have one year of experience, like work-life experience, and still have the same degree. I think having the opportunities, co-op gives you a bit of a safety net to find a job. And the Business Career Hub, I keep saying BCH, the Business Career Hub does a really good job at helping you secure these jobs. And you do it in chunks of four months. So you get, you could do four work turns of completely different jobs and get all the experience that you want in those four different work turns that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get. Because once you graduate, it's like you sign a contract and the minimum is one year and you're stuck doing that same thing for one year that you maybe are not interested in. But while you're in school and you get a taste of, you know, like let's say marketing and finance and uh, HR, then you know, once you graduate, what you really wanna go into. And by the way, so many people from co-op have secured full-time jobs after graduating because the companies that they were working on really liked them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say even before, because one of those previous employers would have offered them that full-time job uh, before graduation. Uh, this one's more specific around a BTM student. Um, so someone says, as a BTM student, what are some social media pages uh, we should follow? I think ITMSA, would you say is a good one? Yeah, I think yeah. that's like the best one. Um, honestly, follow TRS Society because that will give you kind of everything, obviously follow Fit for Business and read the emails because we get them too and they're tailored to your needs and tailored to what you like are interested in. So follow those emails, read the emails. I know you get weekly emails uh, called opportunities and events, read those as well. You'll find stuff in there. So honestly, just keep an eye out, but TRS Society, ITMSA, I think are good. There's also uh, WIDM, which is Women in Technology Management. I think yeah. that's what it says for, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, WIDM, ITMSA, and I know that they're, this week I've been seeing so many student takeovers. Uh, and today I know TRS Society is also doing uh, a takeover. Adam Lee, him uh, a second year student. So definitely follow those social media pages. Um, Hadir had mentioned BCH a couple of times. That's also Ted Rogers BCH. Uh, and then Fit for Businesses, Ted Rogers FFB. Um, Hadir, talk to me about what you went through in terms of your identity, because uh, I know your, your background is, is very complex. Talk to me about that. It's, uh, it's funny because there's this meme and it's literally my life. It's when someone asks me, where, where are you from? And I'm like, do they want to hear Richmond Hill? Do they want to hear like <laughs> Egypt? Like, what, like, I don't know what to say. So it is complex and it, it like for a time I was like really confused because there are three places that I call home so Egypt Saudi Arabia and Canada and all three places are home to me and yet in all three places I'm not local enough per se um when I go to Egypt even though I speak like super fluent Arabic I speak Arabic at home with my parents when I go there they know I'm not from the country I don't know how they know but they just know in Saudi Arabia also I'm not technically from the country um, here, I was called a fob for the longest time. And whenever people hear of my background, they're always asking me, oh, how's your English so good? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like all my education, all my life has been in English. And that's how it's so good. But also 
why is that your measure of my intelligence? Like, why is like English associated with intelligence? Like, if my English weren't as good, that wouldn't make me less intelligent or less capable than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's always that struggle of like, where, like, what do you mean where I'm from? Or like, how does that play into who I am? I think I'm so grateful for it. Like, I'm super proud of my background. I'm super proud of my upbringing. And I think that it honestly shaped my worldview and how I see things. Like I understand different cultures a lot better than other people do. And in a place as diverse as the city, it makes a big, like it makes a huge difference. Like I understand what people's different point of views are because it's heavily shaped by your culture. Mm -hmm. Um, Hajir, I just wanna ask some of the other questions coming through. How do you deal with the differences of life in Canada compared to where you come from when most issues are considered to be mundane, if uh, noticed at all? If noticed at all. So I'm trying to understand that question. Um, I think life here, first of all, I must preface that in Saudi Arabia, I grew up in a very protected, westernized bubble. So I went to a British school. All my teachers were expats, which meant that they were either from the UK, from Canada, or from the States. Um, so all my teachers were Western. And all of like my pop culture, all of my music, my movies, everything, it was all Western. So, but yeah, the culture was definitely different. And when I came here, it wasn't so much as a culture shock. I was very used to a lot of what I saw, but there was a lot of changes that I had to adapt to. And honestly, I think the biggest thing is just to not stress out, just take it one day at a time, take it easy and just learn from what other people are doing, but also stay true to yourself. Thanks, Hadir. How do you get over the feeling of graduating later? Personally, I will be graduating at 28 and it feels like I'm behind compared to everybody else. Um, I honestly don't have like a perfect answer other than you are exactly where you're meant to be. I am like, I'm going to graduate at 25. And I know that feels a lot older than most people. Like I was supposed to graduate at 22. Um, I should have like three years of work experience by now, but I'm so grateful and so happy to be where I am right now. I wouldn't be student group president. I wouldn't have gotten all these co-op work terms that I've gotten and that I will continue to have. I wouldn't have formed the friendships that I have formed. I wouldn't have made the connections that I've made so far. So it is tough because society tells you that you should be one thing, but you're another, but it's just truly accepting the fact that you're exactly where you're meant to be and that you're going to go on to accomplish great things either way. I love that. Thanks, Hadir. You're exactly where you need to be. Um, I see we're coming close to 6.30, so I'm going to ask you one final question that I like to ask everybody. Knowing everything you know now, if you could go back to your first year self and tell her one thing, what kind of advice would you give her? I think I touched on this earlier, but it's, you are good enough. Just because you're in first year doesn't mean that you're not good enough. You need to put yourself out there. Don't be shy. Don't be afraid. I know it's harder these days, especially with everything being virtual. To It's so easy to just like mute yourself or like turn off your cameras or not even like join events or attend events. But you need to put yourself out there because 
you need to make the most out of what you currently have. And if you don't do it right now, you're going to realize like two, three years down the road that it's already too late. You haven't formed the connections that you could have. You haven't formed the friendships that you could have. You haven't seized the opportunities or experiences that you could have. So honestly, just put yourself out there and be confident that you are capable enough. Absolutely, putting yourself out there. And sometimes it starts with the little things as we're online and you know maybe it even starts in class with putting something in the chat or turning on your mic or turning on your camera and leaving it on um, for, that, for that full class time. Um, with that, Hadira, I just wanna thank you so much for, for being here. Um, if students want to connect with you, how can they connect with you? Uh, they could connect with me via Instagram. My handle is on the FFB stories or on LinkedIn. It's Hadir Abdelhamid, same spelling. And yeah, I would be like so happy to chat with anyone further. Amazing. Thank you here so much. Um, so you can find Hadira's handle uh, at Ted Rogers FFB on Instagram or just uh, look up Hadir Abdelhamid, uh, feel free to write it down, but you will get a post event email where I will share some of that info as well. And with that, I just wanna thank you once more and thank everybody for joining us today or tonight, wherever you are in the world. We hope you have a great day. Have a great one.